Hi, this is Mark, lead pastor of Lux Digital Church. I want to thank you for joining us today and also invite you to join with us live at twitch.tv slash Church every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST. Thank you for joining us and please enjoy this message. Hey there, church family. My name is Mark, and I'm the lead pastor here at Lux Digital Church. I'm going to welcome you in and let you know we're so thankful to have you here with us tonight, especially if you're here for the very first time. And to be honest with you, we have a whole bunch of people who are here with us and have joined us for the very first time tonight, and we're so incredibly thankful for you. And so if you're listening in for the first time later via podcast or YouTube or um, over on uh, one of our Twitch VODs, we want to say thank you for being here as well. You're our honored guest, and we're so incredibly glad that you're here. You're giving us a portion of your time and that time is precious and we want to make sure that we're adding value to your life as we're gathered together as a church family i also just want to encourage you if you haven't dropped a follow here on the stream or said hello in chat yet please feel free i challenge you say hello in chat or drop a follow here on the stream as just we would love to say hello to you and welcome you in we won't do anything weird if you drop a follow in the stream all that we're going to do is send you a little note over a, a twitch dm uh, tomorrow that's just going to say welcome and come and join us on discord that that's all that's going to happen we promise we won't stalk you or do anything weird beyond that we would just love to know that you're here and when you feel comfortable doing that please do so thank you so much for joining us tonight tonight we're wrapping up strong which has been a six-week series talking about mental health and i'll be honest with you there's been some elements of this series that have been really powerful and great and there's been elements of it that's been hard as well it's kind of weird coming into a series like this right out of easter like we did this year because this series carries so much weight to it it carries triggers with it. It carries some really difficult conversations and there's some hard things that we have to face. But the truth is we need to face some of the hard elements of our life in order to become emotionally and spiritually healthy in order to live into everything that God has for us. And next week we're going to be talking about some of exactly that in our Fear Not series when we begin talking about the things that we're in life that we're often afraid of that it, it don't enable us to really um, be everything that God has enabled us to be. Gator Girl, welcome. Good to see you tonight. Thank you so much for being here and joining us. I know you're here for the first time. Now, in this series, I've been talking about anxiety, and then we had a mental health professional come in and talk about anxiety. I talked about addiction, and then we had a mental health professional come in and talk about addiction. And last week, we sort of hit the big one, which was talking about depression. In this week, we have a mental health professional coming in to answer questions and have a live conversation about depression. Now, Mackenzie is really incredibly awesome. It's such an honor and a privilege to have her here. I'll let her tell you kind of like what her credentials and stuff are, because I don't actually know exactly what they are, but she is a member of our community, married to Gibbles and Bits. Let's go ahead and get some fives in chat. Welcome uh, Mackenzie here. Hello, Mackenzie. How are you tonight? Hey, Mark. I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm really well, and thank you so much for being willing to come on and uh, and share with us. I know it's not always an easy thing to do jump into uh, a, <laughs> a live stream in front of, you know, 60 people, uh, some of many of which you don't know, but thank you so much for being willing to, to come on and share a little bit with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's cool being on the opposite side of the service since I'm typically in chat. Uh, so it's cool to see a different view this week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is definitely this is definitely a slightly different view. Well, before we jump into some of the conversation around, um, you know, depression itself, I'd love to know, we've asked this question of each person, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into what you're doing in the mental health field, and what is it that you actually do in, in the mental health field itself? 
Absolutely. So hello, everyone. My name is Mackenzie. I am a uh, clinical neuropsychologist by training. And uh, like Mark said last week, I actually graduated about two weeks ago uh, from Regent University, which is in uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia. And I graduated with my doctorate in clinical psychology. Um, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Regent University, it is a Christian institution. So while I earned my degree in psychology, I also received Christian training and uh, learned how to integrate both psychology and faith when working with patients and just in my overall worldview of uh, mental health in general. Um, clinical neuropsychology is a specialty field within clinical psychology that's dedicated to understanding the relationships between brain and behavior. So most of my work is actually with patients who have neurological disorders, such as multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, or dementia, and their caregivers that are having trouble adapting to these diagnoses or are sent over from their neurologists or other medical providers that want to have a little more insight into how this might be impacting them cognitively or psychologically. So uh, as part of my role, I utilize both um, assessment and therapy just to aid in my overall work with, with people. Um, and due to the overall nature of neurological disorder disorders, I see a lot of patients that come in with symptoms of both anxiety, and depression, as these are two of the most common mental health difficulties within this particular population and uh, I would argue probably in our world. Um, so that's a little bit about what I do. Um, personally, I got into the field for a number of different reasons. Uh, I didn't initially want to study psychology when I started my academic career. I actually started out with a major in biology and an interest in genetics. Um, I've always sort of been fascinated with things that have gone wrong on a biological level. Um, but during my second year of undergrad, I took a psychology class and quickly realized that I love this study. I wanted to actually work with people, engage in clinical work, uh, and switched my major to psychology. Um, and upon starting graduate school, uh, I actually just wanted to be a traveling counselor. I didn't know exactly okay. what that would look like, but I just wanted to travel, bring my knowledge and service to people in foreign countries and uh, bridge the gap uh, between health disparities and uh, mental health care in general. Um, but God, of course, had other plans, and I joined several research groups and learned about the field of neuropsychology and uh, came to recognize that it kind of combined both of my interests in serving people and working with people uh, and just in the sciences in general. Um, and actually, since starting graduate school, a number of family members and close family friends have either passed away or been diagnosed with various forms of dementia. Um, and there have also been a number of obstacles along the way um, with, mm -hmm. within families and my family and friends, um, and I felt really equipped to help them and support them um, and just, you know, going through my own struggles through all of that. So in a way, I feel like God was calling me to this from really the very beginning, and I love what I do, but I'm hopeful that one day God will still let me fulfill that dream of um, being a traveling mental health provider of sorts. Hmm. I think it's interesting because, I mean, out of the three that we've had, uh, Mackenzie, you're the most, um, like, 
it's quote unquote scientific, right? Um, the two people we had before are counselors. Um, you know, your the stuff that you deal with is a, is significantly more clinical um, than what we've talked about. But I think it's going to really help when we unpack some of this stuff. One of the most important comments came through so far, and I think we need to highlight Templar Ten um, said, "Doctor McKenzie, uh, Gibby married up," and I just want to state that we all can agree with that. Um, Gibby, we know you, so uh, well done. Uh, also, uh, Tomahawk FJ sixty two. Hello, welcome to church. So glad to have you. With us, my name is Mark. I'm the pastor here at Lux. We're currently talking um, to Mackenzie, who uh, we're talking through uh, mental health and uh, specifically um, a conversation around depression. So the next question I have for you is: So how does depression interact and impact our spiritual life? Because as a church, we kind of want to look at mental health problems, mental health struggles, but then also how does that interact with and and sort of um, go into our spiritual life and how our spiritual life is lived out. Yeah, so I think before we answer that, I think it's important to understand the process of depression. And I think by understanding the process of depression, it can help us to understand how it might impact us spiritually. Um, So as most of us know, there are many different forms of depression, uh, which is typically dependent on how long the depression lasts and what the source of that depression is. But on a basic level, it's characterized by the prolonged presence of physical or cognitive symptoms in combination with this sad, empty, or irritable mood. And on a neurobiological level, uh, depression is a depletion in the levels of three main neurotransmitters, uh, serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine um, in the central nervous system. And there are many different theories, and I hypotheses as to what exactly causes depression, and it's clear that there's no single theory that can fully explain it, but we know that a number of factors can make someone more susceptible to feeling depressed, uh, such as genetics, uh, chronic medical problems, um, age or gender, environmental factors uh, such as trauma or um, stress um, that's currently going on in someone's life. Um, And one of the more commonly understood psychological theories underlying depression is the cognitive theory, which is what you were alluding to a little bit last week, Pastor Mark. Um, And this theory postulates that depression results from maladaptive, faulty, or irrational cognitions that cause people to misinterpret facts in negative ways. So this can cause people to blame themselves uh, for any misfortune that occurs, um, and it can function as a negative lens with which people see the world. Uh, So due to this, we can probably suspect or have even likely experienced how this cycle of negative thinking can or has impacted our own spiritual lives. Um, Depression can lead us to question everything that we've previously found security in. And faith is no different. Uh, Depression can cause our relationship with God to shift, so we can feel like God has abandoned us, we can feel like our faith is weak, or that God is disappointed in us. And it becomes easy to misinterpret sorrow as condemnation by God. So due to this, we might uh, withdraw from our church communities. We might avoid Mm -hmm. going to church or avoid specific members of church due to shame or embarrassment of our mental health struggles. And we might even fail to find comfort in faith or no longer find joy in religious pursuits. 
So most of all, it can make us question or doubt our faith, which, of course, makes us feel even worse, especially if faith is a big part of our identity, and it continues the cycle of depression and struggles with our faith. Mm. So what I... I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. So what I what I'm hearing you saying is is that through um, sort of some of the negative things that go on and sort of the the negative mindset that we have, um, that sort of spirals on top of itself, right? And then when you combine that with our spiritual life, it causes us to doubt the goodness of God, the existence of God, the nature of God in our life, because we're no longer finding joy in worship or joy in prayer. Um, we're no longer receiving the things from spiritual activity that we once did that guilt compounds and continues, can continue that sort of negative thought spiraling effect, making us feel like maybe I'm not a good enough Christian to be able to help myself here. Perhaps, um, you know, God doesn't love me or maybe God isn't there for me. And it compounds, you know, what's already uh, going on in our brain and, and convincing us of, of, you know, more and more of, of what's an inaccurate reality. Yes, exactly. You got it right. Um, and that can be, really difficult, especially when we're already in this place of depression and um, have this negative lens of what's occurring in our lives um, to add something that provides us so much security and hope um, that and having that impact in our faith um, as it is such a pivotal part of our life. Um, that's mm -hmm. that's hard. Um, and it can continue that cycle, perpetuate it. Yeah. So how can we, what are some signs that we ourselves, because I know a lot of people who've gone through, they're just going through a difficult season and they're asking like, I haven't been diagnosed with anything. Um, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe life just sucks right now. Or, or maybe there's a chemical imbalance that like, that I, I, I'm not like, I can't quite figure out. Um, what are some signs that we, or maybe a loved one, um, is, is potentially dealing with depression that may need us to pursue medication that may need us to pursue counseling may need us to pursue more help. Um, what are some of those red flags that you would look for that maybe we can look in our own lives and in the lives of the people that we love? Absolutely. This is a great question because while there are common symptoms of depression, which I'll get into in just a moment, um, this can actually look different in different people. So you may experience uh, or notice some, but not all of these symptoms in yourself or those around you. But any of the following that I'll mention in a moment can be a sign that you might have depression. So some of these things include feelings of hopelessness or helplessness. Um, if you feel like your, your situation will never get better, if you're um, finding that you're not having as much hope in life, um, a loss of interest or pleasure in things that once brought us joy, um, an increase in fatigue or just a change in our overall sleep habits or uh, sleep difficulties in general, uh, feelings of anxiety, these can often go hand in hand with depression as well, um, irritability or difficulties managing our emotions, and perhaps an even more obvious one might be if you or someone you love is thinking about or talking about death or suicide more often. Hmm. I think it's also important to recognize that sadness and depression are not the same thing. Sadness in some sense is normal, especially in tougher or more strenuous seasons of our lives. 
but depression is the prolonged experience of those feelings becoming overwhelming and interfering with our lives. Hmm. So we can consider sadness a really good place to intervene, um, if you will. So I would recommend the same thing for both yourself or your loved one. Take note of any physical or emotional symptoms and recognize that if they start to interfere with your daily routine or with your loved one's daily routine, it might be time to take a closer look into what might be going on. So I think the biggest thing to recognize here, either in ourselves or others, are if things are abnormal or if there's interference in someone's life. This can be quite difficult to recognize in ourselves. Uh, so you may have something that can be a signal to those around you. Uh, and I can give a brief example for myself. Yeah. I'm a quite, uh, quite an organized and a clean person and myself and the people around me can tell, uh, when things aren't quite right, when my world gets a little more chaotic around me. Uh, now it might be because I had a stressful week or I might just have a lot going on, uh, and I didn't get around to cleaning or organizing myself. Um, but it can also be a sign that uh, I'm not doing well and it might be time for a check-in. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe you have signs of your own for loved ones to look out for. Uh, maybe there are things that um, you know you do when um, you're feeling sad or you're sort of leaning into a season of depression. Um, maybe you're not sure and maybe you can ask loved ones to um, look for and recognize those signs for you. Um, so that can sort of be a good rule of thumb to consider. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, having an idea of what those symptoms are and, you know, I, I think maybe a follow up question to that that might be helpful for some folks is I think there are people who, who sit back and they say, yeah, like I, I recognize the symptoms in me. Right. Like and they've they've been here for a while. Like life has been hard and I have been down and I've been down for a while. Um, but I'm nervous about going to the doctor about that because I, I don't know, like the concept of medication makes me nervous. Um, I maybe I have family members who disagree with that idea, especially if I'm in a Christian circle, a lot of times that is the case. Um, you know, what, what would we say to somebody who, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm recognizing the symptoms. I, I see the depression. Um, I, I think that I'm suffering from this, but I'm, I'm, I'm just genuinely scared to go to the doctor and I really don't know where to start. Like, where does someone start if they want to, if they want to go to the doctor? Um, is there, you know, a special place that they need to call? Is there like, how do they, how do they take that first step towards help, you know, clinically, medically, how do they take that first step towards help? Yeah. So if someone is concerned about going to their doctor, I would always recommend, um, sharing your feelings um, or sharing what's going on in your life with a close family member or a friend. Um, if even that is uncomfortable for you, um, there are a lot of hotlines um, that will chat with people anonymously about any um, feelings that you're having or um, if there are any immediate needs that you have. Um, such as thoughts of suicide or hurting yourself. Um, so those are a couple of places that you can start. Um, but of course, if you get to a place where you are comfortable sharing things with your medical doctor, um, absolutely share it with your medical doctor. Um, mm. You can also um, call up, uh, if you have any insurance, you can um, 
call up your, your insurance and they can help you find a provider for you. Um, there is also a website called Open Path Directory. Uh, actually, I believe it's Open Path Collective Directory. Um, and that is completely virtual, low-cost therapy uh, with real counselors and psychologists that can provide um, virtual counseling for anybody in need. Um, so those are some options for you to ready to turn to. Absolutely. So I see a couple questions in chat, one from Hilly and one from Specialized. I actually do want to get to both of those, um, but I'm going to get to both of them in post-show. Hilly and repost yours when we're in post-show in a bit. Um, so what are some useful tools? Um, if I have a uh, friend or a family, I wait, what are some useful tools for dealing with depression ourselves that maybe are, and this really goes into specialized question who asked, how does one combat it without medication? All I, all I really have heard is unnatural cures. Are there some better natural medicines or remedies or even things that we can do in our life? You know, I've, as a pastor, I've dealt with teenagers and adults who've suffered from depression and suicidal thoughts and tendencies for years and years. We've done things like action plans and safety plans and, you know, um, you know, all sorts of different things that we've tried out, but from your experience, kind of like, what is the most effective stuff? Because I know from talking to you, um, that medication is part of it for you, but that is certainly not all of it. You kind of see a larger, more holistic approach to, you know, dealing with depression in someone's life. So what are some of the things that we could practically do that don't necessarily deal with, you know, going to medication yet, um, to begin changing some things to deal with our depression? Yes, that's a great question. And there are so many incredible tools out there for dealing with depression. Um, and as a psychologist, I'm not a huge fan of medication to start with. I always recommend starting with some strategies on your own at home, um, or if you get to a place where you're comfortable seeing a provider, uh, certainly navigating that avenue. Um, but I think the most important tool is to seek help and do not be afraid to seek help. This is probably something that you'll hear from everyone over and over again, but it is so incredibly true. Um, there's so much mental health stigma in our society, and the only way to break that stigma is by speaking up and asking about it. So do not be afraid to ask for help from your friends, your family, your doctors, your hotlines, therapists, locks, uh, anywhere. You're not alone in your feelings or in your being and um, certainly utilize those amazing resources around you. I also want to recommend a few other strategies, but I want to add the caveat that these might not be applicable for everyone. And sure. that oftentimes depression is more deeply rooted than what some of these strategies might address. So mm. um, always, of course, see a psychologist or a counselor. But I do want to share key things that um, you can do yourself to manage depression. <clears throat> so the first one would be to meet yourself where you are. Every day with depression is different, and it's important to accept that where you are right now isn't where you'll always be. The key to self-treatment uh, for depression is to be open, accepting, and loving towards yourself and what you're going through. Um, this includes practicing gratitude. Um, research shows that gratitude can have lasting positive effects on our overall mental health. Um, so looking for pieces of gratitude in our day can be quite rewarding. This can also be quite challenging for someone with depression. So mm. even something as simple as I'm thankful that I woke up today, that is still a very small piece of gratitude and that's what we're going for. Um, number two would be that suppressing your 
feelings and emotions may seem like a strategic way to cope with the negative symptoms of depression. And while it's effective in the short term, it's not adaptive in the long term. So if you're having a down day, have it. Let yourself feel the emotions, but don't stay there. Uh, mm. Consider writing or journaling about what you're experiencing. And then when the feelings lift, write about those things too. Uh, seeing the ebb and flow of depressive symptoms can be uh, quite instructive for both self-healing and for hope on our uh, mental health journey. Sure. I mean, Number it lets us know that the season that we're in right now isn't going to last forever. That, yeah, like today sucks, this moment sucks, but I've seen it lift before. I have some sort of history with it to show that it lifts and it moves. I, I know that it will again in the future, that there's an ebb and a flow to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of other key things that I want to mention um, would be just to take care of yourself. Uh, make sure that you're getting plenty of exercise, eating a healthy diet, getting good sleep, doing things that you enjoy doing, um, getting together with others socially, and rewarding yourself for your hard work, recognizing um, the small celebrations and milestones along the way. Um, also, um, you know, I talked about this cognitive theory and depression is often full of those negative, sometimes irrational thoughts. Um, so one technique that we often use as therapists, but something that you can do on your own time at home is something that's called cognitive restructuring. Uh, so what that means is looking at those negative thoughts that you're having and analyzing them, um, mm -hmm. putting them on trial, if you will. So what is the evidence that this thought is true? What is the evidence that this thought is false? What's a more positive thought that I can replace this negative thought with? And keeping a list of positive coping statements and even making a habit to uh, replace negative thoughts can be incredibly helpful. Hmm. You know, I, we've had this conversation a little bit before. A year ago, we went in through um, a series called uh, The Battle Starts Here, The War Starts Here. Anyway, it was about, it was about, it's really largely about cognitive theory and it was about identifying um, negative th thoughts that were lies in your head and replacing those things with true statements. And so it was taking those things, replacing them with God's truth, taking I'm worthless to, well, actually God describes me as his masterpiece, you know, taking, I don't have purpose to realizing, you know, God actually says that he created me with a purpose and intention and a future. Um, and he created me to have hope in allowing our brains to really begin remapping themselves. Um, so that we begin thinking through the positive and honestly truthful lenses rather than the negative and um, untrue lenses that we have sort of trained ourselves to do because depression can kind of lock you into that. Um, and then once you've spiraled into it, um, it feels very, it feels very difficult to climb out. Um, what would you say to someone who's, who's here tonight? They're just like, I don't like, I, I've talked to a couple people from our church. So I know this is the case, um, but they're feeling like the, the, they feel as though the task of coming out of this is almost insurmountable to them. Mm -hmm. I know I didn't even give you this question, so I know I'm just throwing stuff at you, which I'm sure makes you as a very organized person less comfortable. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, we talked about anxiety two weeks ago. I wanted to provoke some of that anxiety for you. Um, but yeah, like what about what do you have any any input towards someone who's just feeling like the task ahead of, of climbing out of this hole is is too much for me? Yeah, so depression, in a sense, is comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. It's difficult 
but it's comfortable. Once we get used to and hardwired to functioning in a certain way, it's hard to get out of it. Um, and that's, that's just, you know, the fact of the matter. It's, it's tough to say, but um, it can be comfortable sometimes. Um, so this is a tough question to answer because um, I certainly think it's different for everyone, but, sure. um, you know, I, w- I would encourage you to take a look at how depression is serving your life, what mm-hmm. it's doing for your life. If it's causing more harm than good, um, if it's prohibiting you for, from uh, being able to do things in your day, if it's prohibiting you from having healthy relationships, um, I would encourage you to take a look into, um, you know, what change in those areas might do for you. Maybe make a pros and a cons list of, um, you know, if seeking help and exploring, um, how this depression is impacting me or affecting my life, um, what are the pros of doing that? What are the cons of doing that? And maybe even just seeing the tangible physical evidence right in front of you can be helpful for just jolting you in that direction. And, you know, I I alluded to earlier of oftentimes we don't even recognize our own signs in ourselves. So maybe even talking about, um, our depression or our feelings with a family member um, and getting their insight into what's going on um, might even motivate you in that direction as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mackenzie, um, we're going to take a break here and move over to the couch. Um, I want to encourage anybody to seek help. We put some hotlines in the Discord um, last week after the depression message. And if you are looking to reach out to somebody for help, um, you can reach out to us. So we have some members of the support team here at Lux um, that feel comfortable stepping into some of those conversations. Mackenzie's one of those people. Um, we're not professional counselors. I'm not a professional counselor, but we can be a step towards the right direction. We've done a lot to help people sort of make some first adjustments adjustments um, and, you know, get into whatever's next in their life um, and begin really trying to figure out if they need to seek out more help beyond it. What we're going to do right now is take a quick one minute break and then I'm going to go over to the couch and me and Mackenzie are going to be back. I'm going to be on the couch and her and I are going to be talking and answering your questions. So if you have questions, this is a great time to ask those questions. We'll be uh, giving those to Mackenzie and she can be addressing those uh, on the post show. We'll be there for about five or 10 minutes after service. And so come and hang out. Please come and chill with us in discord as well. Um, We'll throw the link to the discord in the chat. Come and hang out with us over there. We have people over there. And if you're looking for prayer tonight, because something was triggering to you um, or you would just like to talk to somebody, there are two people in the prayer rooms tonight jt and zeph so please come over and hang out with us in discord and jump into the prayer rooms templar is going to go ahead and open up those rooms for us here in just a moment uh jack first off no he did not eat his son um let's go ahead and take a quick one minute break and we'll be back oh jack welcome to church by the way my name is mark and i'm the pastor here thank you so much for being with us tonight it's a joy to have you we're gonna take a big brief one minute break and we'll be back on the couch in just a moment guys So welcome back to Lux Digital Church. Thank you guys so much for being here. Once again, my name is Mark and I'm the pastor here at Lux. And with me tonight, I have Mackenzie, who's a member of our community and also uh, a doctor in, uh, do I have it right? Neuropsychology, Mackenzie, is that accurate? Did I remember it? 
clinical psychology, but the specialty is in neuropsychology, yes. Okay, so it's clinical psychology with a speciality in neuropsychology, and we have been hanging out with her and talking about depression, the impact that depression has on the brain, and also the impact that depression has on the spiritual life, and how both our spiritual life and um, you know other aspects of our life might be able to interact with that depression. We had a question that came in from Hillian uh, pretty early on, and um, turn your mic on specialized says, there we are. Um, the gratitude tip worked. Thanks, fam. Oh, that's awesome, Heart. That's awesome. Uh, that's a really great tool. Hillian asked pretty early on, uh, my family made uh, me feel like a fail. Imagine he's saying feel uh, like a failure due to my age. Uh, that I don't have a vehicle job, place of my own, um, family of my own, etc. This American dream, and they have been doing this to me on a on a daily basis, saying how uh, I'm not doing I'm not doing anything with my life. Um, so my question is, how can I deal with this? Uh, I have been praying for God's guidance and for my family, but it still makes me feel messed up uh, on the head inside due to all of this. I'm going to, I'm going to let you begin to address that Mackenzie. Um, I have to grab uh, a new pack here real quick. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, yeah. So it sounds like, um, and he left, but, uh, it sounds like there are some, um, family, um, just some family, um, I don't want to call them issues, but um, some family things that have come up and have perpetuated. Um, and it sounds like your family potentially has um, pretty high standards of you, um, which I, I can understand um, is difficult to, to manage and understand how to um, cope with and address. Um, so I would encourage you to start sort of looking into um it sounds like you have a good handle on what those things are but maybe understanding a little bit more about um, your family's expectations of you um and certainly seeking guidance from a psychologist um i hate to go there and keep relying on that avenue but um, I think speaking with a psychologist can help you understand a little bit more about how to um, address some of those deeper rooted um, issues. Um, but I think a, a really good place to start perhaps would be with setting boundaries with your family members, um, providing you know guidance on um, things that are appropriate or inappropriate to say to you, um, even uh, creating physical boundaries um, if it's an option of separating yourself um, from the problem if it's if you're interested and uh, it's possible um, but boundaries are a good place to start and just understanding a little bit more of some of those um, deeper expectations of what your family has for you that's a really tough situation to to be struggling with yeah. And, you know, I think one of the other things that is really helpful, and you may have mentioned this, Mackenzie, while I was getting a new battery for my pack so I could actually hear you. Um, but I think one of the other things that's helpful is to to seek input from others. Um, because sometimes, uh, you know, the situation that we're in can, can be so very, very close to us, especially because um, with what Hillian brought up, um, 
it being a question about family, about relationships and about the dynamics that are there. You know, when it's us losing interest in the things that we love or us dealing with feelings of, you know, suicidal thoughts and stuff, um, that that is one thing. But when you're dealing with uh, the complexity of relationship, sometimes we just don't have eyes that can see our own faults and what we may need to address in ourselves or adjust in our own approach when it comes to those relationships that seem to be causing us so much problem. And so um, what I've done a lot is whenever I'm whenever I'm dealing with a relationship that's causing me some emotional stuff is I try to bring other people into that conversation and say, do you like, where am I at in this? Like, am I in the right? Am I in the wrong? What do I need to adjust? Can I address this differently? My wife is one of those key people for me. Um, but I've also had various mentors in my life that I would just, if I was coming up in a bad relational situation, I called them and I said, here's what I'm dealing with. You know, what do you think? Not just what you think I should do, um, but how do you, how do you honestly think I am approaching this? Am I doing it well? Am I not doing it well? Should I make an adjustment? Um, do I need to think about things differently? Is, am, am I maybe catastrophizing and demonizing somebody that doesn't deserve it? Um, and sometimes I was, and sometimes I wasn't. And uh, you know, it's been helpful for me to get outside input because our emotional intelligence and self awareness are not always high enough to see how we're impacting the people around us as well. Um, but uh, we had another question. Bougie uh, wrote, what's the best way to support someone diagnosed with depression when supporting them seems to bring on your own depression? And I, I would imagine this is common with, you know, with, uh, you know, families and stuff like anxiety is one of those things, right? If one person is anxious, it can trigger the anxiety of another person very easily. I would imagine it's similar with depression. One person is feeling down. It's easier to join them in that sometimes um, or to get overwhelmed and depressed yourself because you don't feel like you can help them. So how do you, how do you interact without it, you know, triggering stuff for you as well? Yeah. So I'll speak to boundaries again, um, recognizing maybe in yourself, what your own triggers of depression are or triggers of other, uh, mental health stuff. Maybe it's the discussion of a family member that's been lost, or maybe it's the discussion of suicide. Um, there, you know, what are your own triggers that, uh, if your family member were to mention, uh, some of these topics, what are some signs to you that, okay, it's time to check in and take care of myself. Um, so that could be a boundary that you can set for yourself. Um, you can also, um, in support of them, um, after supporting them and providing uh, a good listening ear, take a step back and um, you know process the information that they've shared with you. Um, it can also be really helpful to um, ask the family member uh, open-ended questions and support them with any immediate needs that they have, any immediate needs that they have. So um, for instance, you know, asking what is their you know, how can I support you in this moment? Is there anything that you need right now? Um, and that can be a way to offer up support for them, um, inviting them out and encouraging them to do things with you, uh, validating mm. their experience, experiences, and just appreciating their courage for sharing um, and supporting them and figuring out um, what would be most helpful. Also, don't be afraid to ask if they're thinking about suicide, assessing uh, if there's a plan and if there is taking action. Um, mm -hmm. But certainly 
um, it's important to take care of yourself. So recognizing your own signs, um, taking a step back and taking care of yourself if you need to in the midst of supporting your loved one with depression. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Mackenzie. One last question here. Uh, Zeph asked, how does one handle depression that is coupled with lifelong pain or known issues? Um, I see a lot of this in myself and others with chronic pain things. I thought this was a great question uh, for you because, I mean, this is literally one of the things that you deal with. You know, you, if you're dealing with someone with MS or someone with dementia, they're dealing with, you know, lifelong medical issues that are coupled with the depression and, and maybe even triggered, you know, depression triggered by these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, this can be tough because the two can often go hand in hand. And mm-hmm. I think one of the hardest things to do is to come to a place of acceptance that this chronic pain or this chronic condition will likely never go away. Um, and so a good place to start would be with, you know, coming to a place of acceptance of acknowledging that. Um, but a lot of these other, uh, strategies that I mentioned earlier, uh, for depression in general can be helpful. Certainly, um, exercise is and diet is a really big one for people with chronic pain. Um, also, uh, addressing any other pain management strategies, um, such as uh, massages or um, I don't know. They I don't know the intricacies of all the chronic pain stuff that they do, but they have non-medication, uh, non-opioid. Um, pain strategies that you can engage in. PT is certainly one, um, as well as some massage therapy and and other natural remedies. Um, So looking into some pain strategies, um, managing the pain and um, coming to a place of acceptance are really good places to start. Uh, Messiah Aaron is here and he, you know, he's at yoga, uh, as well. Good for you mentally and physically. And he also said acceptance is a funny thing. Uh, when you have it, it seems simple, but working towards it, it seems really fruitless. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that this past weekend, I went to a funeral, um, for one of my good, good friends from college, his older brother, um, who passed away at 38. Um, and, uh, you know, he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy at a really young age. Um, by the time I had met him, uh, you know, he could not talk real well. He couldn't walk. He couldn't eat. There was a lot of things. And by the end of his life, he, he could not speak. Um, but the really powerful thing for me was being at his funeral viewing and his funeral and seeing the sheer amount of people whose lives had been touched in the, it it was like the toy tractor community. He was really passionate about and friends that he had made all over the internet, um, through that community, um, who had, who had decided to come out for his viewing and for his funeral service. And it was just a really powerful Testament of a guy who, um, dealt with chronic health issues that eventually took his life, but he didn't allow those things, um, to, you know, kill his spirit, that, that his spirit remained, that his optimism, and he had bad days, and I'm sure there was bad and depressed seasons of his life, um, but through some of the tools that you're talking about today, and through the process of acceptance, and then embracing everything that his life could be, instead of dwelling on everything that his life was unable to be, um, brought 
you know, this guy a, a great deal of joy. And not only that, enriched, significantly enriched the lives of many of the people that he interacted with. Um, and it was just interesting. You know, I was just sitting in this small country chapel this week and was so deeply comforted by a man who, you know, had a fraction of what I had, um, yet was happy and at peace and content and had a huge impact on hundreds and hundreds of lives. And that was really cool and really, really quite powerful. So, uh, Mackenzie, is there anything else that you'd like to add uh, that you feel like you didn't get a chance to say or anything um, you'd like to put out there as we close tonight? Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest things is just to uh, take advantage of the amazing resources around you. There are a lot of books on depression and mental health in general. Um, there are a lot of hotlines and um, really providers and therapists that are out there and willing to listen and um, to hear your story. So um, Lux is an amazing community with um, a whole slew of teams, uh, the prayer team, support team, even the dream team, and we're all willing to uh, listen and support you as well. So there are so many amazing resources out there. And I know that it can be intimidating. It can be hard. It can be shameful. It can be embarrassing. Um, and just know that you're not alone. Um, there are a number of people that are struggling with depression and have been in your exact position. Um, and today is not going to be the same as tomorrow. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. You know, Mackenzie, I think two of the things that you've said that have been so powerful and, and been aha moments for me is today is not going to be the same or, you know, tomorrow is not going to be the same as today. What you just shared and, and the concept of in some ways, although it's very difficult, depression can be comfortable. And um, man, sometimes the hardest thing in life is not getting healthy. It's disrupting comfortable. And uh, I was so I, it, 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 you know, I've tried to put words to exactly that thing. And um, as I've worked with people over the years who honestly, you know, and it, it was damaging to them to say, you don't want to get better um, because they do want to get better. Um, but they've learned the place they're most comfortable is where things are the most predictable. And for them, things were the most comfortable and most predictable in the depression that they had been in for a really long time. And you had such a graceful and um, kind way um, of, of saying that that was like, Hey, this is like, you know, my way of doing it is like, let me slap you in the head and your way of doing it was so much kinder and more graceful and loving. And so I just deeply appreciate it. I deeply appreciate it. You thank you so much for being willing to come on and to share with us tonight. Um, can we get some fives in chat as we say goodbye to Mackenzie Mackenzie? Thank you so much for being here live with us tonight. Have a great, great night. And, uh, we'll see you around the discord. Thanks. Thank you so much. See you later. Bye. Okay, church family, I just want to tell you, once again, my name is Mark. If you're new this week, thank you so much for joining us. This isn't our normal format for the week. Uh, what we do for service is next week, we'll be back to something that's a little bit more normal as we jump into our conversation on how fear controls our life and how courage can set us free. I hope you'll come back and join us next week for that live conversation and live message. We're super pumped to kick it off next week, and we hope that you'll be here, and we hope that you'll bring somebody with you as well. We're going to be over in Discord tonight, so if you'd like to come over and say hello, 
below. Please do. Zeph and JT are going to be in the prayer rooms. Gibbles and Bits, which is Mackenzie's awesome husband, is going to be in the Welcome Center. So if you're here and you're new tonight, which I saw many of you that are, stop by and say hello to Gibby in the Welcome Center tonight. We just want to hear a little bit about you and just tell you that we're glad that you were here. I'm going to be in the Meat Fest or Mark room here in about four or five minutes. So if you'd like to meet me for the first time or just pop by and say, hey, Pastor Mark, and then pop out, you can certainly do that. Um, I'll be there for another uh, 35 minutes or so after service tonight, and I'd love to get to see you. Truly, I would. So if I've never met you before, please consider swinging by Discord and saying hello to me. That's going to do it for this service here at Lux Digital Church. Come back next week, 8.30 p.m. EST, every week here at twitch.tv slash Church for a live stream service and an opportunity to come and connect with our amazing family here at Lux. Thank you for being here with us tonight. We'll see you guys next week, and we'll see you in Discord between here and there. Good night, everybody. Peace out. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Lux Digital Church. If Lux has been having an impact on your life, I want to encourage you to visit us at luxdigitalchurch.com and get connected to our community there. We're so thankful for you, and we appreciate you. Have a blessed day and a blessed week.